a new unit. And we certainly have an exciting uh, study uh, this quarter out of the books of uh, Exodus and Leviticus. Today, we're going to be looking at chapter three, verses one through 12. And the authors have entitled our lessons, Obedience in Leadership. Obedience in Leadership. Okay. Um, is anybody glad to be here? Amen. All right, praise <laughs> the Lord. Okay, because I only want people that are glad to be here. You know, <laughs> if somebody drug you here, uh, you you know, you you can go on and be dismissed. The truant officer won't uh won't bother you. But I am so elated and happy today to begin a new quarter with you to study in Exodus uh on obedience. And really the unit is entitled Learning to Honor God. And um uh we uh we're going to talk about obedience, uh, this obedience. You know, it has been said that uh, obedience is better than sacrifice. And today, specifically, we're going to talk about obedience and leadership. And uh, I, uh, you know, I, I'm not a no movie aficionado, uh, Steve, but uh, I, I think it was in the, uh, the Color Purple, uh, where one of the characters says, God is trying to tell you something uh, I am thoroughly convinced that God is trying to tell y'all something uh, because after that sermon uh, last Sunday uh, which reverberated in my walls even through the week and after that lesson last week and then on the heels of that sermon and that lesson last week we have today's lessons on obedience and leadership now, we have a special guest here. I call him a special guest uh, because uh, he is one of the graduates of, uh, of, uh, of uh, evangelism. Anybody know what time it is? Evangelism time. <laughs> Thank you, Brother Bogan. Thank you, Brother Bogan. Uh, 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 but uh, he, he's, uh, he's one of the, those folk that, uh, uh, that will be graduating next year. He won't be graduating this year, but uh, he'll certainly be graduating next year, maybe. <laughs> uh, Brother Mohays, I need you to turn to your Bible, and I just need you to read Matthew 28, 19, and 20. And um, after that, I would like uh, um, uh, Sister Pillow, if you will, uh, my reader today. Okay. All right. Uh, so, Brother Mo Hayes, Maurice Hayes, if you're out there, one of the graduates, well, supposed to be one of the graduates, he's in the, going into 106 uh, this term, and I know he's excited. Can I hear you, Brother Mo? I think I heard you say something earlier, so I know you're out there. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Yes, sir. Yeah. Hey, you, you, he received the call. He received the call. <laughs> y'all, y'all. He received the call. And I want you to hear ye, Brother Maurice Hayes, in Matthew 28, 19, and 20. That's going to serve as our golden text today. Brother Hayes. Matthew 28, 19, and 20. And I'll be reading from the New King James Version of the Bible. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always 
even to the end of the age. Amen. Matthew 28, 19 and 20. Amen. 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 Brother uh, Hayes, if you would, would you just read the first word in the text this morning? First word of Matthew 28, 19 and 20. First word. Go. Thank you, sir. Amen. And amen. Sister Dorothy Pillow, if you would or would. Matter of fact, Sister Dorothy Pillow, if you guys don't know, is a graduate of the evangelism process. You know, she knows Matthew 28, 19, and 20. Uh, and uh, from uh, my experience with her, she's a perfect example, illustration of obedience, obedience to the call, the obedient to the call. Whenever I call her, she's obedient. I like that. And it certainly uh, typified it in her work and service. Uh, to uh, both the uh, family church school, evangelism, uh, all areas of ministry at Resurrection. She has an integral part. So uh, uh, her and uh, Brother Mo uh, is fitting that they would read uh, today. Sister Dorothy, if you would, I need for you to show us uh, how God calls, how God calls and what he expects. When he calls. So read for me the first three verses of Exodus chapter three, verse one through three. You got that, Sister Ogletree? Verses one through three. One through three. And you have a deacon who is a family church school teacher. You didn't call him and said, Deacon's need, bring my book. You know, you know, I'm your member. I'm one of your favorite members. Bring my book. You know, it would have been done. You could call, call Steve Harmon. There's no excuse. Although, although, although Steve may not have been able to help you, he may not have been able to help, but I certainly would have done that. All right, let's go. Let's go, guys. Let's have some fun with this lesson, but let's take on the seriousness because it is a very serious one today. Uh, Brother Mo has already set it up for us saying, go ye therefore, so you guys know where I'm going to come from today. All right, Sister Pillow. Now, Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the back side of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. Thank you. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked and behold, the bush burned with fire and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight. Why, why the bush is not burnt? Ah, very interesting. We find Moses, you know Moses, that patriarch of patriarchs, uh, that uh, 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 the, the nation of Israel's uh, favorite uh, prophet, uh, leader, deliverer, you know Moses. Uh, you know all about his background. You know how he was spared so that he would become uh, the deliverer. You know that against all the odds, all the might of uh, Pharaoh and his army, uh, Moses is able to uh, uh, survive uh, even in infancy. And now we find Moses who grew up in the palace at uh, Pharaoh's uh, very beckon and trained and skilled and became a leader and certainly would have been probably one of the ascenders to the throne of Pharaoh itself. Uh, ah, we find him 
And Sister Pillar, if she's read accurately and I trust her, I trust that she can read. It says that Moses uh, was uh, tending sheep on the backside of the desert, Fred, of his father-in-law. This man who had grew up uh, under Pharaoh and who had commanded the respect of, uh, of, uh, of Pharaoh and uh, entire Egyptian empire at that time, Moses was tending sheep on the backside of a desert. And he had been doing it for 40 years because he had to escape uh, the certainly the death penalty of Pharaoh and his gang because Moses murdered a man uh, because of mistreatment of uh, his fellow Israelites. And he's on the run. He's been on the run for 40 years, but he's found some contentment tending sheep. This man who had led men is now tending sheep. And he has been doing it for 40 years under the tutelage of his father-in-law. Moses had settled down, settled in, and married Jethro's daughter. And they had one son, but we find him tending sheep. And as he tended those sheep, thinking that this is how I'm going to live out my life, I'm just going to settle back been doing it for 40 years now. I got this sheep thing down. I got it made. I, I'm really blessed. I'm just right where I needed to be. Hello. Up comes a burning bush. And it says it like this. It says, and the angel of the Lord. Now we know you guys been in Sunday school long enough, family church school long enough to know. Anytime you see that in the Old Testament, uh, the angel of the Lord, Sister Stalins, we're normally talking about uh, uh, the pre-incarnate Christ. Where, in other words, we're talking about a theophany here. It's an appearance of Christ other than in the flesh until he was born. In other words, it is a Old Testament uh, appearance of God. And here it comes in the form of a burning bush. And in that burning bush, Moses makes a very powerful observation, Deacon Newsom. He observes that the bush is burning, but it won't burn up. And so he further wants to investigate, to kind of substantiate the observation that he's made so he turns aside and says, I, I, I want to see the source. I, 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 I want to see the source of this fire that is burning things around it, ground around it, but the bush won't burn up. God will get your attention. You may be attending flock, but God wants to change your focus. He wants to change your focus from the flock to him. 
And he does it in all kinds, all sundries of ways. And for Elijah, it was a, a small, still voice. Uh, 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 for, for your call, it, it, it may have been something that was just as dramatic as this burning bush. But God will hack, has a way to get your attention, and he will get it. When you've forgotten about him, not worried about him, not thinking about doing anything for him, God has the capability to get your attention. And so it is with Moses. He gets his attention, and it comes in the form of a burning bush. Moses gets a call from heaven in the form of a burning bush. In a burning bush that is said to be the angel of the Lord, to be God himself, speaks to Moses. Now, let me warn you, your call may not be like Moses' call. It may not be exciting. It may not have no fire in it. Yours might be like that quiet, still voice that Elijah had. But you'll get the call. God has a way to get your attention. And he's want, he wants your attention on him and the things that he has for you to do. Yeah, I, I, I know you, you ran away. You ran away because you failed to deliver the people. You, you thought you could do it with your might, your smarts. So you wind up killing a man. And now after 40 years, he's 80 years old. And most of us today, when we're 80, we're not thinking about taking on a new career. We, 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 we're not listening for a call. But I'm saying, if he could call Moses as 80, he can call you at 80. And he certainly can call you at 40, and at 30, and at 50, and at 60, and at 70. God calls whomever he wants, when he wants to, when he wants something done. But the question, Brother Bogan, is how will you respond to the call that God has made? I, I'm, I'm telling you, your call may not be a burning bush, but you have been called. Everybody on this Zoom call who calls himself a blood-bought Christian is, in fact, called. Bro Brother Moe spoiled a surprise. He read Matthew 28, 19, and 20. I, you can't talk about, I, oh, I, I don't know what it is that God has called me to do. Matthew 28, 19, and it says, go. It's go. It's in the imperative mood. In other words, you are to continue to go. It's going and it's go and going. You don't stop going. That's your general call. But God also has a specific call. And many, you know, missionaries and, 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 and preachers saying, I've been called to the Lord and I was running from the Lord. And I, how are you going to run from God? What you were, you were disobedient. Come on, Reverend Calvin, help me out. You've been, been disobedient. If God calls, you listen. And you listen to the for the instruction. Moses hears God. 
Moses sees this manifestation of God in the form of a burning bush. And he recognized, Lord, you got my attention. I, I'm going to pay attention. And, and you want to know how I know? Reverse a four, Sister Pillow. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto, unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here am I. This uh, verse, uh, you know, I, I normally for years, uh, uh, Reverend Calvin and I have discussed uh, uh, the Sunday school lessons and uh, others, uh, uh, the Kendalls, Gracie Douglas, and we've talked about a Sunday school lesson. This this particular passage here has always given me a problem. I, I took it for what it is, and I understand that translators they they know better than me. They they know better than me. That that's why I'm still learning every day. But I want you to look at this passage here. It says, "And when the Lord saw, who did He see?" Somebody, Sister uh, 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 Pillar, you your mic is open, so you can. Who did who did Moses see? I mean, who he did saw, God see? God saw Moses. God saw Moses. God saw Moses. I, I want you to see that, Bogan. I want you to see that. God saw Moses turn aside. In other words, he saw Moses moving closer, moving to the side to try and investigate this thing. And God said something. God called him out. Mm -hmm. He called him out. He called him out. Y'all think about that. From the bush, <laughs> a burning bush. He sees the bush burning. Now the bush is talking. And the bush is saying, Moses, Moses. You say, Brother Sneed, I don't see what problem you have. I got that. Everybody, because everybody, I, Sister Stalin, Sister Hollis, I, I saw uh, uh, Sister Gwen. She was shaking her head. Oh, yeah, I got that. But look at the phrase, and he said, here am I. I want you to consider, because everybody, I, if I asked everybody on the Zoom call, you know what they say? Oh, yeah. And Moses says, here am I. Where do we get that from, though? I, I've discussed it and I, I accept it the way that it's written. But would you could you consider with me for just one moment that it is not Moses who said, here am I? The reason why we say, and it is suggested, Sister Gwen, that it is Moses that is talking is that it is a little H on he. Because if you were referring to God, certainly they would have used a large H, a capital H. See? So that's why most of us get this, this thing that, and he and, and, and he said, so it must be Moses. And Moses replied. And Moses uh, 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 said something. But I'm going to tell you, I struggled this week with that. Because I think it's still God talking. 
And I think God says, here am I. God sees Moses. He knows where Moses is. It is Moses that's looking for God. Oh, somebody better help me this morning. Or am I just out there by myself? This is love, ladies. Am I out there by myself? Am I out there by myself? See, because I, that, that's the way it is. It, it has appeared to me in modern times. God knows exactly where we are. When Brother Mo read, go ye therefore and teach all nations, I didn't hear anybody say, here am I. I, I didn't hear anybody say that. It was God doing all the talking. It is, it is God talking. It is God directing Moses. Moses is looking at a bush that's burning, that's now talking, and Moses and God is saying, Moses, I'm over here. Turn your focus over here. You, you need to be looking at me, Moses. Here, here am I. You're looking for me? Here am I. You're trying to connect that voice with, with, with this bush? Here am I. Just something for you to consider. Just, just something for you to sit, consider. Th th think about it. Sister Pillow, Sister Pillow, verse five. And he said, draw not nigh hither, put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. Moses, don't come any closer. Pull off your shoes. Because the ground that you are about to enter is holy ground. Well, you guys, y'all had your Sunday school books. So I know y'all went through it. You know all the questions that one might ask. God tells Moses, here am I. I'm God. The territory, the space that you are entering is my space. And therefore, my space is holy because I says it's holy. Yeah. My space is my home. See, that's what Moses heard. Because Moses, although he'd been out there in on the backside of the mountain for four uh, for uh, backside of the desert for 40 years, he knew the ancient customs, that you didn't enter anybody's house without taking off your shoes, without taking off your sandals. And, and so he certainly would have connected it with the idea that I am entering God's space. God is telling me, you're entering my space. And wherever I am, because I'm holy, I make everything holy. Mm -hmm. This is my home. But you know what? I want you to consider one other thing. 40 years on the backside of the desert. 40 years on the backside of the desert. Moses, the only home he had known, he had been exiled from. And the, and the, and the desert that he attends his father-in-law's flock in is not his home. But he hears those words. This is your home now, Moses. Take off your shoes. It's, it's an act of reverence. It's an act of humility to go along with the ancient con, uh, 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 tradition. This, 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 God has gotten Moses' attention by telling him where he is and how he must act where he is. Y'all don't hear me. 
Y'all don't hear me. I saw the light bulb go on, Sister Dorothy. You know where I'm going here. <laughs> Moses is practicing the tradition, so he's going to obey. But he's in the presence of a holy God. Mm -hmm. And he knows that the greatest act of reverence is at least to honor the things that God has instructed. And God has given an instructor. My house is a holy house. Take off your shoes. Show some humility when you come in to my house. Moreover, he said, moreover, he said, moreover, oh. he said, oh, no, no. <laughs> I no, am I'm, the guy. Oh. All right, sister Dorothy, it's all right. You, you're not supposed to speak now because I'm in one of those zones now. Because get, get, guess what? See, if you work on something hard enough, he may not give it to you the first part of the week, but the Lord is sure enough will come through. Because I want you to look at that phrase. And moreover, he said. Now, what comes after that? Sister, I, am uh, the, I am the God of thy father, the God stop, of... Stop. Please stop. Please okay. stop. See, y'all thought I was crazy. I, I saw you, Sister Lovelace. You said, you know what, Brisney? I normally pick up on what you're saying, but you know what? I read all the translations, and all the translations said that it was Moses that says, here am I. But why wouldn't you use the same thing for after moreover, he said? Mm -hmm. He is small. Why well, you don't attribute that to Moses talking? But Fred, am, am I, have I gone crazy? Oh, it's a very technical point, but I want you to see that, that God has a way of reaching us. He knows our address. We don't know where he is because the last place Moses expected God to be was in this burning bush, Bogan. But God says, here am I, Moses. Listen to what I got to say. And so moreover, God said, what? I am, sister, uh, you can go on now, sister Pillar. Okay. I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. Wait a minute. Here, here I am. Here I am. That's Moses saying, here I am. And he afraid to look on God. I thought you were looking for something, Moses. See, he didn't know where God was, but God knew where he was. Mm -hmm. So I think it's quite appropriate that one could, without falling out, without losing the religion, without getting kicked out of the Protestant faith, you know, say that here, God is telling Moses where he is, how he's to act. And then he tells him not only where he is, he tells him who he is. He says, I am the God of your father, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I'm that same God. And when Moses hears these words, Moses is afraid. Because he knew this ain't no burning bush. This ain't a bad night, you know, in the back of the desert. I didn't, you know, been out, maybe had too much wine or something. This is God talking. God has identified himself. And you know what? 
whenever God makes a call, he will always identify himself. You don't have to be worried about whether or not, you know, it was what uh, Sister Hollis said or Sister Kathleen or Sister Randall uh, said, you know, uh, maybe what Fred Jeffrey said. No, God identifies himself, especially on the specific call. He identifies himself. He lets you know, this is me talking. This is what I want you to do. I'm making a call. What's going to be your response? I've got your attention now. You know who I am. There is this revelation of who I am. Now listen to what I want you to do. Verse 7. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. Uh, Moses, for 40 years, you've been tending sheep in the backside of the desert. You've been worrying about your people. You think that you've been abandoned, that I've abandoned you, that I've abandoned your people. He says, but your people are my people. And I've heard their cries. I've been listening all along. I have never left them nor forsaken them. And this is so uh, 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 assuring because the very things that we think that, 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 that we, we have maybe run from thinking that we've had a failure, God is calling us back to for his glory. See, if Moses had been able to, to, to kill that uh, Egyptian and then go on and ascend to the throne and then become the Pharaoh, he could automatically deliver the people. He would have done it on his own might. But friend, God wanted it this way. He wanted to have Moses spend these 40 years in humility, tending, nurturing sheep, there's not a greater lesson than that can be taught how to take care of God's people than to learn how to take care of sheep. And now God says, I've heard the, the cry of my people. I know what they're going through. Sister Pillar, verse 8. And I am and I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them out of the land unto a good land and a large unto a land flowing with milk and honey unto the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites <laughs> and Hivites and Jebusites. Absolutely. Should have thrown a shylight in there too, but we're, we're okay. <laughs> Just describes generally, geographically, who's living in the region. And, and God tells, he reveals, he not only will call you, he will reveal his plans for you. Does somebody hear me this morning? Can, can, can you really get that solemn look? Because God will also not only use burning bushes. He'll use a guy on a Zoom call in family church school or a pastor in a pulpit or a pastor on a television set 
to validate the call. And here, God is speaking directly to each of you. I've called you. And I've called you because I've made a promise. I have come down. In other words, I am come down. I want to be actively involved in the deliverance of my people. Ah, where's Mo Hayes when you need him? Because Mo read, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded. And lo, I'm with you. God has given each of us that call. And every now and then, he uses a Sunday school lesson to reinforce that call, to just remind us. He uses a, a, a sermon to remind us that you've been called to ministry that you've walked away from, and God is calling you back to it. Mm -hmm. He's saying that it is the, the time is now. It is time for me to get actively involved in the deliverance of my uh, folk through you. Because God is always working. He's come down. He's omnipresent. He's always there. God is saying, I want to use you to deliver my people. No, your name ain't Moses. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think we have Moses on the uh, Zoom call this morning. <laughs> but your name certainly is James. Your name is Dorothy. Your name is Joyce. Your name is Mo. Your name is Steve. Your name is Kathleen. Your name is Cora. Your name is Davies. Your name is Paulette. Your name is Monty. Your name is Nikita, Regina, Fred, Terry. And God is saying, I want to use you now. It's not that you're the only person in the world that God can use, but he's called you. Because he knows sharing the gospel is nothing but truth through personality. And he knows that Gwen's personality is different than Dolores's, and he needs each of those personalities to reach somebody who will be responsive to that personality. Yes, Mo has read, go. It's imperative. Will you obey? And God says, if you go, I will fulfill all the promises that I made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Do you realize every time you go and share the word of God, Sister Lord, you're, you're, you're participating in the fulfillment of the promises that God made way back there to Abraham? Oh, that's awesome. See, because we think that because, well, I, I tried to do this and, and, and it just wasn't doing going the way that I wanted to do. God says, the test is not going to be easy but I'll make you easy for the task. Oh, y'all don't, don't, don't hear me. Y'all trying to get out of this. You know God has called. You know what you need to be doing. Nobody needs to tell you what to do. Do, do you realize a lot of times when you are involved in ministry and you're just frustrated up to the point that, no, man, these folks, that's Steve Harmon and that family church school, he don't do nothing the way that I want it done. You know why you're frustrated? Because God has told, called you to get involved. 
and you won't. So he allows Steve to keep messing up so that you can uh, step up and bring this thing to excellence. Oh, y'all don't hear me. Hey, friend, they don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear, friend. They don't want to hear. And you know what? The thing that I like about Moses is that he ain't said nothing yet. See, if we would just stop listening, stop talking and listen to God and focus on God, hear what he's got to say. He will show us so many things in the call. The thing about, we want to do, do, do. But as old Deacon Clark used to say, God has not called you to do. God has called you to be. <sighs> Therefore, verse 9 and 10. So y'all can go to uh, Sunday school. It's, commun it's communion Sunday. It's communion Sunday. I know y'all are ready. I, I saw some antism. I, I thought it was the ants in this uh, uh, Deacon Armin that they wanted to get out so they could get to church earlier today. But I, I, I thought it was uh, because they were uh, a little re reluctant about this call uh, uh, lesson today, but I realized you guys want to get to communion. Okay, so nine and 10, if you would. Now, therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel is to come unto me, and I have also seen the oppression wherewith, with the, wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. When God calls you, he'll tell you what you want you to do. He'll tell you who he is. He'll tell you what it is he wants you to do. It ain't nothing vague about his call. He tells Moses exactly, I'm going to send you to Pharaoh. I want you to go back to Pharaoh. And I want you to bring my people out of uh, Egypt. I want you to go to Pharaoh, bring my people out of Egypt. Listen to the response. I thought this was a lesson in obedience and leadership. Oh, it is. Because see, many of us think that when God calls and, and we're not doing what God says, that, that yes, it's disobedience but it's because of our frailty. And it's amazing that God would use somebody as messed up as me to lead his people. Listen to Moses. You know what you think of Moses now, but listen to him in this encounter, in his call. And Moses said, and, Moses said, and Moses said unto God, who am I that I should go into Pharaoh and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt. Moses is saying, I'm a nobody. You want me to go to the house of Pharaoh and deliver your people? You, you've chosen me. You know what this sounds like, uh, uh, Deacon Harmon? This sounds like an encounter that I had some 26 years ago with Deacon Newsom about uh, uh, serving as a deacon, being called as a deacon. I, 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 but Moses, you know, we all come up with the same kinds of excuses. And matter of fact, we're not going to deal with all of Moses' uh, excuses today. But the first one was saying, you want me? I'm a nobody. I, I'm not qualified. Ain't, ain't that what they say? Wait a minute. If I got a few more deacons on, I got Deacon Armand. Uh, oh, the deacons, <laughs> they must be all out uh, trunk today. You can go round them up uh, but 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 Deacon Harmon, you you know, you you know when you got that call from Deacon Newsom and the pastor saying you want to be a deacon, who me? 
on. You can't find nobody better than me. That's what Moses is saying. And so, but listen to Moses. When he says that, he's telling, he, he already realizes that he's God. He's God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But when God asked us to do something that's just absolutely crazy, we, we think God is crazy. Because that's what Moses said. Moses said, I am nobody. Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh's? God, I realize you're older than eternity. But are you so old that you done forgot that I killed a man in Egypt? That I got to go? You, you talk, and you, you know how that Pharaoh says that anybody that sees me has his authority to kill me. And, and that's where you want me to go back to? Oh, y'all listen to God. God calls whoever he wants to call. And there's nobody more qualified than you or anything. I hear people make that. There are a lot of people that were more qualified. No, they weren't. You were the person that God called. Because there were more qualified people. Uh, you're saying that uh, God uh, doesn't know what he's doing. God knows exactly what he's doing. You're the man. You're the woman. You're the boy. You're the girl for this season. And God has called. How are you going to respond? Are you going to respond like Moses hesitantly? Oh, why me? Are you going to say to me I'm not qualified? And 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 God and you know what? There should, at, at verse twelve, Fred, there should have been an end of the discussion. But Moses went on thirteen, fourteen, talking about all the stuff that uh, you know. I I can't speak. I you know I can't do this. I can't. But at verse 12, if you, read, if you read verse 12, see, everybody, whenever you know that God has called you, laid an anointing on your life for ministry, what you need to do, you need to stop at verse 12 of Exodus chapter 3. Sister Pillow is going to read that for us right now. And he said, certainly I will be with thee, and this shall be a token unto thee that I have sent thee when thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, ye shall serve God upon this mountain. Mm. <laughs> Moses, <laughs> you're the man. You're the man because you're here. You're the man because I've called you. You're the man is because those that I've called, I will equip. Mm -hmm. I will not only equip them intellectually, physically, I will equip them with my presence. And wherever my presence is, my power comes right along with it. He says, Moses, I'm not asking you for your ability. I'm asking you, Moses, for your availability. Brother Hayes, when, I, when we called you three years ago to enter a process, I didn't call you 
because of your abilities, because you were eloquent and erudite in every way. You were laden in the scriptures, capable of doing many. I'm calling you because you're the man for the hour. And I will be with you. And if I'm on your side, who can be against you? Should have cut all the discussion off. God says, whatever he calls you to do, he'll be with you. I know it's frustrating. You're dealing with them hard-headed ushers and the people in the parking lot and the people on the hospitality committee. And I know uh, uh, that uh, evangelism uh, uh, classes get on your nerve. And I know that as instructors, you're just tired of doing, just teaching the same old class and everything. I, I know you're tired as a deacon visiting the same old members, the same old hospital, going to the same funerals, saying the same old thing. I know you're tired, but God has called you for this hour. Mm. And he says, I got you. When things get their darkest, I'm going to be right there with you. And if I'm with you, who can be against you? Who is Pharaoh? You just acknowledge who I am. All of us say we know that God is awesome and he's great in every way. He's capable of doing everything. He's omniscient. He's omnipotent. He's omnipotent. He can do all these things. Well, why can't he call you and you obey? If he can do all those things. And for those of you who have not responded to the call, you're just being disobedient because he certainly has made it. He certainly sent messengers and people and friends and family to get your attention off the everyday mundane things of life and really embrace service to the kingdom, to his kingdom. But God patiently, he let Moses go on three, four more verses with excuses. God just waiting patiently. Yeah, oh, tell, tell me another one, Moses. Uh, oh, you can't speak. Okay. okay. God was probably sleeping on him, Monty. You know why? Because God says, I know who I want to call. I called you. Mm-hmm. I called you to teach that class. Oh, you oh, you think they can sneak assign you. And sneak don't do nothing without checking with the Lord. So you want to disobey the call? Go. You're in disobedience, but don't sit up there and talk about you lifting up holy hands and God can do everything. He can do everything but call me. That's what you're mm-hmm. saying. And he's called you to lead his people out of darkness, every one of us. God has given the same call he gave to Moses. You know how he did it? Brother Mo told us at the very beginning of the lesson. He says, Dorothy, Steve, Mo, Joyce, James, Dolores, go ye therefore. Teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Because when you go, and deliver that message, you will be delivering people from the very pits of hell. Mm. And he says, but you not only just go and deliver them from the very pits of hell, you teach them to observe all things, teach them, train them, learn, teach them how to live right. And you say, God, that is an awesome task. That's too big for little old me. Who am I? And God says, Lo, I'm with you. 
Amen. I don't need your ability. I just need your availability. Mm. See you guys next week.